Hey, I'm Steve Gambiel. I'm the lead pastor at Live Church, and we're so thrilled to have this time together today. At the outset of this new year, we're believing that God would help you to believe in Him, find a sense of belonging, and to become all that God has called you to be. Come on, let's get this started. If you have been fathered, then you'll appreciate what a great gift fatherhood is. And I hope today you find a greater desire to pass it on. If you've not been fathered, that void can be filled so that you can be powerful and effective through your entire life. And this today is not just the message to men who have children, to males. No, it's not. Because the truth is, you can have a fathering heart without having biological children. This is not just for men. Because girls, hey, some of you have had children, you're raising children, and, and it's in that aspect. Today, I want to approach the Word of God to help us understand the great gift that fatherhood is. And, and, you know, maybe you're a single parent, a single mom, and you're raising children. Here's the great news that God can help be a father even when you're a single parent. And God can meet that void of fathering in so many ways through great youth pastors and kids pastors and spiritual dads in the house and grandparents. God can do so much because we believe that dysfunctional families happen when fathers don't step in the gap. We believe that dysfunctional houses happen when fathers don't step in the gap. And so today, we want to see things change. And I want to open the Word of God. But before we do that, let's pray. Jesus, we come and we salute the incredible plan that you have. We salute fatherhood in our generation. Your invention, what you did, and now, God, we reach for greatness. Greatness is all around us. Greatness is right in front of us. And we know there's a reward for serving you. And so we press on to embrace you, God. Amen. I'm going to start by reading 1 Corinthians 4, verse 15. You can go ahead and turn to it. I'm going to stay in this text now for the rest of this service. And 1 Corinthians 4, verse 15 says this. Even if you had 10,000 guardians in Christ, you do not have many fathers. For in Christ Jesus, I became your father in the gospel. See, this is the Apostle Paul. And he's talking here about a shortage of fathers in the house of God. Fathers fight for a strong sense of identity and belonging. When Jesus was water baptized, when, when that happened, God the Father spoke and said, this is my son. Very simple but very powerful. To a woman that could sound like this, you are my daughter. You are my beloved. You are my loved one. God's fathering heart speaks that over every one of us today. You are mine. I love that. And, you know, I believe that 
women and children, they, they long to hear those words from their, from their natural father and from a spiritual father. They, they long for that. And when, when men of God speak that up, we create this whole sense of identity and belonging. And I remember when I was growing up as a young kid, I was in my dad's world, and I love my dad's world. My dad ran a restaurant at the time, and I used to love to just jump in the car with my dad and drive down to his restaurant and hang out with my father. And when I was with my dad, my dad would say to, to different friends as he would meet, he said, this is my son. This is Steve. I'd go to the barber shop, and he would say, this is my son. And my dad had this blue sports car called a Pontiac Convertible GTO. And I'd drive around with my dad, and I, I just loved being with him. Why? Because my dad was helping me find out what it meant to be a gambill. That's what they were helping. Guess what? That's what fathers in this house do. When young people walk in this house or people walk in this house, we affirm them. We, we speak over them. We help them seal their sense of identity and find out they're God's people. I'm speaking that. They're God's people. So, so I'm asking, you know, that's what fathers do. And that void, can we do more of that? Can we, can we just walk up to people and say, come on, we can do this. Come on, we, we can connect. We can, we can speak that out. And that strong awareness that God is our Father will grow and increase if we just do these practical things. The next thing that fathers do is this. Fathers declare affirmation and approval. Not only did God say, this is my son, he said, I am well pleased with you. Can I just say to every parent in the house, the most powerful thing you can do over your children is say, I am pleased with you. You see, often we, we this affirmation approval is based on what people do, not on who they are. We've got to shift this. I mean, just recently I, I said to my daughter, I said, sweetheart, whatever you do, wherever you go, I will always love you. And I threw my arms around her and I gave her the biggest hug I could. Why? Because I wanted her to understand that our relationship is not based on what she does for me. We've got to turn this around in our society today. What fathers do is we see past the pain and we find the real reason why people are created. And I know we've got some great dads in this house that are doing that. But I want to help some dads do more of it. You know, there's nothing worse than a dad who is hesitant. A, a dad who holds back. We, we don't want to hold back in our affirmation, and our words. We don't want to hold back. I know, I'm thinking of my own natural dad. It wasn't always easy for him to try to find words to articulate how he feels. But actually, we need to, we need to understand that if we articulate not how we feel, but we focus on adding value, that's the difference. We're not trying to affirm feelings. We're speaking and declaring truth in our children. That's the difference. I was a youth pastor here for many years at Life Church, and I love declaring truth over people that don't see it about themselves. It's like taking what the Bible talks about, Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12, that word of God that's living and active and using your sword to help people find their true calling in life. How are we doing on using that sword? Where can we use it more this week? Where can we write notes and emails and text messages and, and people to affirm who they are. I know right now we've got people behind bars, behind bars in prisons, but it's terrible when that happens. But is it that we can be in church on a day like this, but we have our own prison bars, that we have our own walls that we live in that we need to break out of? Our own insecurities hold us back sometimes. 
And I'm like, let's break out of our own insecurities and let's not live in a prison of, inter of you know, an internal prison. But let's move past that so we can move past our own insecurities and embrace others. Can you say amen to that? Because if we can do that, we'll help so many more people in life. My fifth key is this. Fathers bring stability and strength. Stability and strength. Stability and strength. Say stability. You see what God did way back now in the book of Genesis. There was a man called Reuben. Reuben was the son of Jacob. He was the firstborn, full of potential, had great um, character in so many areas of his life except in one area. And so a prophetic word came over him, which is that sword I'm talking about, and God said over Reuben, Reuben, you're full of potential, but you're unstable as water, and unless you fix this, you will never excel in life. And what was God doing? God was showing Reuben that he was only one step away from finding greatness. One step away, and that step was stability. You know, it's awesome when you serve God once, but it's better if you serve God for a lifetime. Your ticket to greatness is stability. Your ticket to being a hero is understanding every day you wake up, you'll be the best father, the best you that you can do. If you wake up, that will become the defining mark on your life. And if we decide right now in this place, we're going to step up for the rest of our lives. Until this next Father's Day, we're going to be consistent. I wish I had more time to tell you about some of the stable, consistent, on-point, dependable, faithful, incredible men of God around me. The faithful friendships that God has given me. The men of God who are consistent in every season of my life. If I'm going through a tough time, I can look at the, the company of men around me and I can say, I need prayer for this, I need help in this. And so, so that stability is by design. Let's build that. Let's build relationships that multiply us, not just drain us, but add value to us. How intentional are you about that? The book of James says in James 1.8 that a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. So we want stability, not instability. Number six is this, and I'm going to move quicker through these last couple. Fathers are relentless providers. Relentless providers. Everybody say that word provider. Provider. Relentless. Fathers understand the responsibility to pay for their house and then also to move past that and to pay the way in God's house. We understand, don't we, that if we're going to reach the next generation, we're going to have to build skate parks. We're going to have to build outreach centers. We're going to have to invest in transformational centers. We're going to have to do that because it's going to take finance to transform a generation. And it's that understanding that we need to do in our lives. And so my next point is this. Fathers are unyielding, protective, and I love this word, warriors. We are that. We are warriors. And it's that sense that when when men see low morale, fathers stand up and we become our best. When men see morale that's kind of fading and people that are weak, fathers step in and we bring our strength and our stability because we have that warrior spirit. And when Paul became a father, he wrote to one of his sons in the faith, Timothy. 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 12, and it's, he wrote this. He said, fight the good fight of the faith. Create advice. 
Fight the good fight. You know, here he is. Here he is, a man who used to persecute and kill people. Now he's understanding that spiritual, spiritually being a warrior is so different than anything else he'd ever experienced in his life. And so he stood up and he stepped up and he commanded men of God to fight the fight of the faith. If we can step up and fight that good fight, we're going to see God do breakthroughs in this next year ahead. If we make our faith, all in we're going to fight for faith. We're going to fight for goodness. We're going to fight for stability. We're going to bring the morale up whenever we see it fall. That's why Psalm 133 says this. It says that we should fight for unity. Because that's a father fight for unity in our household. Unity in our spiritual fight. If we can fight, we'll make a difference. And finally, my last point is this. Fathers extend forgiveness and celebrate comebacks. So good. We extend forgiveness and we celebrate comebacks. I don't know what your image is of our spiritual dad, but, but Jesus told the story about his father in Luke 15. He told the story of two sons, one that was lost in the house and one that was lost in the field. One that was lost in the field had been a, a gambler, squandered his money away through high-stakes poker games through many women and worse than that because some men have done so many terrible things. And yet God's heart was not to judge him, make him feel bad. Jesus said that God was like a father who every day went to the fields and looked and watched and waited for his son to come home. Every day. And, and when he saw his son approach, he got excited, so excited that God started to run to embrace his son. See, that's what it means to celebrate comebacks. And I think this is a great season for us to celebrate comebacks, to celebrate the underdogs and to see them get established in the house of God. In every area of life we could go, we could talk about business, we could talk about sports, we could talk about artistic endeavors, but celebrating comebacks in our house looks like men and women walking down and accepting Christ as their Savior. It looks like having the courage to say, I tried God, not sure if he worked, but now I'm going to commit to serve him for the rest of my life. That's what I'm talking about, comebacks. And what dads do is they're like, they celebrate that. They applaud that. They bring it on. How do we do that? It looks like this. In the natural kids I raise or in the spiritual chances that I get to father, when I see somebody doing their best, I'm not a cheerleader. I want to be a, a person who brings encouragement and understands the difference. A cheerleader is just like rah, rah. But a man who brings encouragement is putting steel in the soul of a generation. Thank you for that chord. Putting steel in the soul. That, that's what we do. That's exactly what we do. We, we make sure that that sense gets right back through every single person. So this is what we should do. When we have an opportunity this week and somebody's sharing adversity, come on, we're like, come on, you can do this. We believe in you. Come on, you can do this. And you start to put steel in the soul of a generation. And then everything starts to shift. So just to summarize this, eight ways to make fatherhood great in this house. Number one, find a father, be a father. Number two, fathers fight to be active and involved in the family. Number three, fathers fight for a strong sense of identity and belonging. Number four, Fathers 
declare affirmation and approval. Number five, fathers bring stability and strength. Number six, fathers are relentless providers. Number seven, fathers are unyielding, protective warriors. And finally, fathers extend forgiveness and celebrate comebacks. Think about this with me as we close. What if we don't reach for greatness? What if we don't grow up, man up? What, what if we don't do it? I mean, what if we don't fight for unity in our house? What if we don't mentor our sons and daughters? What if we don't take up our positions as spiritual fathers in the house? If we don't do that, an enemy will come in like a flood and he will seek to devour and destroy everything and everyone we know. So here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna step in and declare over our household as for my household and for this spiritual household, we will serve the Lord. And that daily declaration starts to come out of your own lips. As for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. And I've literally decided I will not be silent as a father. And neither should you. Should not be quiet as a father and let other people ruin the relationships that you know you can bring God's rule to. When you see different relationships start to be spoiled, let's step up and declare God's word over our household, God's word over our families, so that we can see God do great things. I'm calling out fatherhood in this church, in this house, and in this generation. Right now in this place, let's pray right now that this word settles and lands in every father in this room. Everyone listening, naturally and spiritually. Jesus, we thank you for the power of your word. God, right now, that this word would weigh in our souls, oh God, that we would understand the great call for each one of us, the great call. You're asking us, God, to step out in faith, step out and help people. God, we're asking for that to settle on each one of us right now, God. Lord Jesus, let that be for each and every father in this house.
greater days are yet to be. Miracles we will see. You will be done in me. You will be done in me. You will be done in me. That you will be done. Hey, as we finish our time together, I want to ask you, have you ever invited Jesus in your life? You know, I was at a point in my life, I didn't know who Jesus was. I had to pray a prayer and say, Jesus, I believe you're real. Would you come inside my heart? Forgive me of my sins and my past mistakes. And Jesus did, and he's changed my life as a result of that. That's what the Bible teaches in Romans chapter 10, verse 9. It says this, it says that if you believe, that God raised Jesus from the dead, and if you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, you shall be saved. It's just that simple. So why do you right now, in your own way and in your own words, ask Jesus in your heart. It will be the best decision that you ever make.